a Monday morning and dreamers, you know what that means. Coming to you once again from the isolation station of love. It's me. It's me. It's the DOZ landing the Dawzstone, bringing you another episode of Dawz Does Disney. Hopefully you had a great week and thank you so much for joining us once again, kicking your week off with a little bit of Disney news. Now this is the part generally where I would be introducing you to my co-host, my tag team partner, the Phoenix of the podcasting world, the star, etc, etc, Steffers, but uh, this week flying a little bit solo. So this is a uh, Daz only show, uh, so I apologize in advance uh, for any Steffers fans out there. You get to suffer through me. So since you're suffering through me, it will be just a smidge of Disney news out there. There was some stuff that I thought needed to be touched upon. We will be getting to some of your social answers, dot, 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 in a few weeks because uh, I don't know if you've been paying attention to this very fine podcast. I've talked about how I have a trip down to the most magical place on earth to the House of the Mouse upcoming the first week of March. So I don't want to leave y'all high and dry that first Monday in March, I want to give y'all some content to kick your week off, so I figure I will record an episode and release it on that Monday, reading off your answers to the questions that we threw out there last week. Uh, If you need a refresher, or if you didn't hear it and want to get your answers in, good news, y'all, you still have some time. Uh, Those questions were, if you could go back in time and bring any Disney attraction back from the dead and bring it back into 2022, what would it be and why? Is there a Disney movie or series on Disney Plus that you were introduced to that you were very impressed with, but it took you getting around to Disney Plus to watching for whatever reason? And then finally, this is kind of uh, building off what the left coast, what Disneyland uh, has been doing. They recently announced that they're going to be bringing back Soarin' Over California for a limited time run. Also what they kind of do with the Nightmare Before Christmas Haunted Mansion overlay. What's an overlay you would like to see in the Walt Disney World Resort and why? So those are the three questions we threw out. Get at us on the social, Dawes Does Disney on Twitter. That's D-O-Z-D-O-E-S, and y'all know how to spell Disney. Uh, get at me on Twitter also as well if you want to, at Landaws. And then Steffers is uh, AsianZing95, you know, a uh, delicious buffalo wild wing sauce. And also Adventures with Steffers, excuse me, Adventures with Steffers on the social media as well. We're going to get to those answers in a couple weeks. Want to give y'all some more time to weigh in on those questions. Thank y'all so much to those who have weighed in, gotten some great answers, want to get some more. So be thinking on that if you haven't weighed in. But the biggest news story that probably has come out of the House of the Mouse, it's so big that people at my work, they know I'm kind of the Disney dude at the office for better or for worse. Um, uh, They even came to talk to me about this and that was effective last week. February 17th, Disney World no longer will enforce their face mask mandate for its theme parks and resorts. Face coverings will still be required for all guests on enclosed transportations such as the monorail, 
Disney Skyliner and buses. So there are still going to be situations where you are required to wear your face mask regardless of your vaccine status. Disney will not mandate face coverings for guests who are not vaccinated indoors. Instead, quote, they expect, end quote, that guests who are not fully vaccinated to wear a face mask indoor. Disney will not be checking the vaccine status of its guests, making the enforcement of their quote-unquote expectations uh, kind of impossible. This is a quote from the announcement. Quote, COVID-19 has been a constantly evolving situation for nearly two years. We've been very intentionally and gradual in our approach to COVID-19 health and safety protocols. Given recent community trends and the availability of vaccines, we are positioned to responsibly adjust our health and safety protocols for fully vaccinated guests. Beginning Thursday, February 17th, that was last week, if you're listening to the day this podcast dropped, uh, the, the following health and safety updates will be placed at the Walt Disney World Resort and Disneyland Resort. Face coverings will be optional for fully vaccinated guests in both outdoor and indoor locations. Guests who are not fully vaccinated are expected to continue wearing face coverings in all indoor locations, including indoor attractions and theaters. Face coverings are still required by all guests ages two and up on enclosed Disney transportation, including Disney buses, monorails, and Disney Skyliners, end quote. So I'm getting this from Blog Mickey, and like Blog Mickey kind of pointed out, um, Disney isn't going to be, you know, checking uh, your vaccine status as you scan your magic band to get into the Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Animal Kingdom, what have you, to start your day. So if they're not checking your vaccine status, this is kind of going on an honor system. And if we're going on the honor system, I... I really don't see how this changes much of anything because if you were already of the mindset vaccine or no, you're not going to wear a mask. I don't see how this announcement that Disney made last week is going to change your mind all that much. That's just me. Again, I'm of the mindset I'm now getting more comfortable wearing or not wearing masks, excuse me, out in public. But I'm, I was also of the persuasion I talked to my health provider I talked to my doctors. I talked to my trusted medical professionals, my experts, and they thought it was in my best interest to get both rounds of the vaccine and to get boosted. And you know what? If they tell me, hey, you might want to get another booster because God knows there, there could be another variant that uh, rears its ugly head. You know what? I'll probably do that. But again, I'm not here to preach one way or the other. That is something you and your doctor needs to decide. You don't need to be listening to some ding dong on a podcast and make your decision, whether it's me or whether it's Joe Rogan or some other idiot on the radio. Listen to your doctors. They're doctors for a reason. But I do want to reiterate, just because Disney made this announcement, there are going to be still times where you are required to wear your face mask, particularly on enclosed transportations. We're talking but not limited to buses. We're talking monorails. We're talking Disney Skyliner gondolas. And on, and also some watercraft systems, they may also be included. And also remember this, Disney could, they could just change their mind at a whim. So even if you are taking an upcoming trip to Walt Disney, like I am in the next couple weeks, in the next couple months, honestly, 
Might not be a bad idea to pack a couple masks. I mean, if you're going to be using Disney transportation, you're going to need some masks because you're going to be required to mask up while you're on the monorail, while you're riding the bus, while you're riding the gondola, while you're riding some of these boats. So definitely be prepared. And this is still a very fluid situation, a fluid situation that feels like it's not going to end, but that's just my opinion. Um, but uh, be fluid and also... Be decent to the cast members. This isn't their call. They're just doing their job. They're just doing what they're told to. They're just doing what is expected of them. And honestly, you should be doing what is expected of you. If you're scanning into the park, you're kind of agreeing to these rules. You don't have to be going to Disney right now if you don't want to play by the rules. Sorry, that's just the way it is. There is no constitutional right that says uh, uh, you 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 have to get your backside on uh, It's a Small World After All. I mean, it's really awesome to get your backside on It's a Small World After All, but that is not a constitutionally protected thing. So uh, don't be hassling the cast members. I'm, I say this every week in my outro. Thank a cast member. Thank a team member. But especially doubly right now because these cast members, these team members... They've gone through hell, through some, hmm, how do I phrase this? Uh, some of their actions that really just want to take their frustration out on them. It's not their call. So don't be that person. I don't want to be reading about how uh, one of my listeners got removed by Disney security for causing a scene putting a finger in the face of a cast member and going on some anti-mask tirade. I do not want to read that. So don't be that person. Be decent to each other. And again, uh, I will be going over this again. So if you didn't take it down now, you can take it down at the end. Also, in addition, uh, if you are going to be entering any first aid locations, uh, regardless of your vaccination status, all guests will be required to wear a face mask as well. So uh, moving on from that onto some more fun news, we're heading over to the Animal Kingdom. If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that I am a fan of the celebration of the Festival of the Lion King and the original iteration of this show, the Festival of the Lion King. Good news if you're a fan of either one of those as a celebration of the Festival of the Lion King is now being shown eight times a day, seven days a week. Now, if you've been paying attention ever since COVID reared its ugly head back in uh, the beginning of 2020, this is a show that has been plagued with issues uh, ever since the outbreak started. It's recently started getting some uh, some of the cast back. It put out public casting calls. You may have remembered that I tried to submit myself and my dog Zoe. Uh, spoiler alert, I haven't heard back. I'm not hopeful that me or Zoe are going to be, thank you Zoe, are going to be called to uh, be cast members for a celebration of the Festival of the Lion King. But that's presuming to fill out staffing levels because they're now doing this show eight days or eight times a day, seven days a week. If you are interested, showtime start running 10 a.m., 11 a.m., 12 p.m., 1 p.m., 2 p.m., 3 p.m., 4 p.m., and then finally the last show of the day is 5 p.m. So from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., seven days a week, 
you will be able to see one of the best shows on all of the Walt Disney World Resort property. I'm hoping eventually once, you know, as I vaguely wave my arms at the background and the world stops burning, uh, we can get back to the full-blown festival of the Lion King and get the full-blown show back. But in the meantime, I am a fan of what they're putting forth with the celebration of the Festival of the Lion King. So if you've never experienced this show, highly recommend. Take some time out of your day in the Animal Kingdom. You and the family will love this show. And you now have eight times to catch it starting at 10 a.m. with the last show going at 5 p.m. And then, uh, okay, we had a little bit of good. Let's hit you with a little bit of bad. And uh, as we all know, going to Disney World... It ain't cheap, not even a little, and unfortunately, last week, Disney announced that there will be some increase in the prices for multi-day tickets to their theme parks. Uh, Disney, unfortunately, in the last few years, there has been a slow price increase. Uh, One-day price ticket, that range hadn't changed all that much, but the cost of tickets over multiple days... That has increased thanks to, you know, date-based pricing. If you're going to be going during a particularly busy time of the year, we're talking when everybody's going down for spring break, your summer breaks, big holidays, um, you're going to see uh, big bumps in that. Um, But uh, here's what we're looking at. This is a lot of numbers. I'm not a numbers guy. I didn't know there was going to be math on the podcast. I apologize. So, uh... Before we get to the math, let me take a a sip of my beverage here real quick. Oh, here we go. Okay, let's dive into the numbers. This is going to get weird, y'all. If you're looking at one to three day tickets, those prices, they stayed the same. So good news if you're in that area. Four day base tickets. Here's where we start to see the change. And I'm going to round up to the nearest dollar. So, uh, you know, hang in there. I don't want to get into cents because it's going to get even more confusing. Four day base tickets went from around $435 to almost $600 to $450 to $600. Five day base tickets went from $465 to $630. Now you're looking at a price of $485 to $650. You with me so far? Here we go. Six-day base tickets. You were looking at almost $480 going all the way up to $645. Now the range you're looking at is nearly $500 going all the way up to almost $675. Seven-day base ticket was in the range of around $490, going all the way up to almost $660. Now the price range you're looking at is a little over $510, all the way up to $695. Eight-day base tickets. You were looking at a price of almost $520, going all the way up to $680 around that. Now, what you're looking at, starting around $545 to going up to just a little bit over $715 if you're going during a very busy time of year. 
Okay, nine day, base ticket. Price range you were looking at. Little over $535, then going all the way up to a scooch over $690. Now, the prices that you're looking at for nine day base tickets, they're gonna start just a little under $565 a piece, going all the way up to almost $740 a piece. And then finally, 10 day base tickets went from starting at around $555 a piece to just a little over $700. Now, to get that same 10 day base ticket, prices are gonna start just a little over $580, going all the way up to just over $750. Then you're not even taking into account the park hopper option. Then you're not even taking into account the park hopper plus option. Special shout out to Crescent LK Club for spotting these changes. Special shout out to Blog Mickey for breaking down these number changes because I'm going to be honest, I'm just a dumb radio guy. There's no way that I could lay out these number changes. Uh, unfortunately, this is just another situation of uh, a visit to our happy place getting just a little bit more expensive. And depending on when you want to go visit, you're going to be paying a little bit more. And speaking of Blog Mickey and talking about the increase of uh, the 2022 Walt Disney World ticket prices, uh, they have a very interesting article talking about the month-by-month uh, -month breakdown of what it's going to cost you depending on when you're visiting. Uh, they haven't broken down an average single-day price increase. They haven't broken down to a total price increase for the month. So uh, I would highly recommend checking that out. Uh, Blog Mickey is a very uh, fun, very informative uh, tool that I use, that Steffer uses, and you could probably use to get some news and uh, help, help you plan your trip upcoming. And for this next story, we're heading over to Epcot for an update on the very famous, or rather, very infamous figment popcorn bucket kerfuffle. Because you might remember back in January when this little purple dragon holding his popcorn made his debut in the Festival of the Arts, uh, there were lines in Epcot rivaling any attraction that Disney had ever had. We're talking Frozen at its peak. We're talking Rise of the Resistance at its peak. We're talking Test Track at its peak when it's open because it's had issues. Anyway, and for the first couple days, other than the lines, if you could stand in line for hours, we're talking upwards of five hours, you could get this cute little popcorn bucket. I mean, these lines were so crazy. It made national headlines, y'all. I, I was talking about this in my day job. Again, people were asking me questions about a popcorn bucket. But unfortunately, despite the fact that Disney said they were limiting this to two per customer, we saw on Twitter, we saw on places like Blog Mickey, pictures of people with their necks adorned with nothing but this cute little purple dragon, them pushing strollers full no, not of children, 
but of figment popcorn buckets, them pulling little Ikea wagons full of figment popcorn buckets. So, uh, you know, strong way to keep two per customer, Disney. And unfortunately, the supply that Disney had, uh, it ran out. And within days, Disney's entire first wave of stock sold out. And much like a lot of beloved Disney merchandise, hit the secondary market, particularly the electronicbay.com, otherwise known as eBay, where they were going for hundreds of dollars, and in a few cases, some ridiculous ones. Blog Mickey is citing one that went for a thousand. That's ridiculous. Well, guess what, scalpers? The next wave of the figment popcorn buckets has arrived at Disney, and Disney took an idea that Steffers, myself, and Adam, one of our friends from this show, had to streamline and improve the process for buying one. For the very first time ever, Disney implemented a mobile ordering style sale for a merchandise item through, like Adam suggested, the My Disney Experience app. In doing so, Disney is able to manage demand and maybe more importantly, the line that forms for guests still looking to get their hands on this cute little purple dragon holding its popcorn. Guests are instructed to complete their purchase in the My Disney Experience app, and then they're given a return time to the World Showcase Pavilion between Canada and the UK to pick up their popcorn bucket. Like I said, Blog Mickey has pictures showing them entering where they have the figment popcorn buckets and they have tables and rows and rows and rows and rows of these popcorn buckets. And they have at least four lines, four lines where you, you are sent to either line one, line two, line three or line four to go get your figment popcorn bucket. And what I love about this is they give you a dedicated return time. So you get you get to the park first thing that morning, beep, boop, 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 pay your 25, your 30 bucks, whatever they're going for now. All right, cool, it's telling me be back here at 2.25 to 3.30. That means, guess what? I got several hours to go spend my day eating and drinking around the world. I got the rest of my day to go stand in line for Frozen. I got the rest of my day to go hit up Test Track if I wanted to. I got time to go live with the land, y'all. I don't got to dedicate all of my time to go stand in line to be told, oh, by the way, yeah, we sold out of figment popcorn buckets three hours ago. You really should have gotten done something else. So I love the fact that Disney saw the demand for these uh, popcorn buckets and they restocked them. But even more importantly, I love the fact that they, A, found a better way to improve the purchasing experience, I guess, of these popcorn buckets. And uh, it seems like they found a way to keep scalpers from, you know, hi, I would like to buy 45 figment popcorn buckets, please, uh, and cut that crap out. And now maybe these scalpers that, uh, you know, uh, loaded up a, a stroller and uh, left their kid at home for figment popcorn buckets, maybe they can drown in them. That's just me, though. So uh, that is all the Disney news that I want to share with you. If you want to get at me with any of the stories that I shared with you this week, I invite you to do so. Get at me on the social media. That's twitter.com slash Doz Does Disney. That's D-O-Z-D-O-E-S 
and y'all know how to spell Disney. This is a Walt Disney World podcast. Um, uh, I mean, maybe, maybe not so much the mask mandate thing, because I, anytime we talk masks on social media, people seem to really lose their crap over that. And uh, I get yelled at uh, enough on uh, social media in my regular life over stuff like that. I uh, get it. Steffer is on social media. She is at AsianZing95 on Twitter, but more importantly, she's uh, at Adventures with Steffers on Instagram, adventureswithsteffers.com. That's where you can uh, get her blog updates on her podcast, which is Adventures with Steffers, aka Avengers with Steffers. Had a very heavy, powerful episode this past week. Steffers, if you're listening, very proud of you for what you did. Love you. Really good listen. Go listen to it. Definitely have a box of tissues. Uh, take take my advice on that one. Uh, but uh, yeah, check that out. And uh, L-E-N-D-O-Z, please go follow me. Landedone, I'm the best. Landedone, not the rest. That's where you can follow me. 208 characters at a time on Twitter. I also run a website, buttmunchchips.com. Buttmunchchips, sit on your button munch. That's where you can find really outdated stuff that I did in college radio, uh, including interviews with the cast of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, uh... Futurama, which is coming back, maybe uh, minus John DiMaggio as a uh, bender, which I totally get. It's going to bum me out not to have uh, DiMaggio back as bender, but I respect an artist who knows his worth. And if uh, a big corporation like Disney is going to not pay you your worth, I respect you standing up for uh, you and the rest of your cast because I, I've seen a lot of uh, people say that John DiMaggio specifically is saying that he deserves more money. No, he's saying the entire cast deserves more money. And I 1000% agree with him because Futurama is an iconic animated show. That's just my opinion. But uh, go check out that interview. It does feature the previously mentioned John DiMaggio, uh, legendary uh, Billy West, uh, Phil Lamar, Really fun stuff, asking them about Futurama, uh, some of their work in the DC Animated Universe. We asked Billy West being about the uh, being the voice of the Honey Nut Cheerio B. Yeah, that was him. Uh, that was that was fun to ask him about that. And I also appear on the Phil Show News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Radio station locally here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Streaming 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at News Talk 987. Dot com also available in the iHeartRadio app and the News Talk 987 app as well. So, uh, uh, really flew through that one. Um, uh, yeah, no Steffers this week, so I apologize uh, for all you Steffers fans out there. Um, uh, thanks for sticking with me, not only through this episode, but through everything. Um, I know you're still out there. I know some of, I know a lot of you have jumped off, but I appreciate those who have stuck with me uh, this far. I'm still hoping I'm making it worth your while because uh, I know you can literally give your time to anything else. There's tons of things you can give your time and your energy to in this world, in this life. And it means so much that you give me just a small amount of your time every week to talk about something as, you know, <laughs> fun and sometimes as dumb as news coming out of an amusement park run by a, uh, a mouse. So uh, thank y'all. Uh, best fans in the uh, podcasting world is y'all. But uh, thank a cast member. Thank a team member. 
Disney and Universal. Pay your cast members and team members a living wage. We love, love, love coming down to your theme parks. But what makes them magic is your cast and is your team. They truly are the magic. They are the pixie dust that makes these machines work. Be decent to each other. It literally costs you nothing to be kind to each other. You don't know what anybody else is going through. And you never know what a small compliment, what a small act of kindness could mean to somebody else. And uh, to borrow a line from uh, my friend Justin, be excellent to each other, y'all. Thanks for joining me this week. Uh, Hopefully I'll see you back next week, but uh, if not, thanks for coming along for the ride. I hope you have a great week, y'all. Take care of yourself, and uh, for Steffers, my name is Landon. You've been great. We've been Does Does Disney. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff I can do well. Heck, there's even a couple things I can do very well. But when it comes to graphic design, that is one thing I cannot do at all. Thankfully, I have a friend in Matt and love of the mouse multimedia. You know and love their work. The sleek and soon-to-be-beloved logo for this very podcast, Does Does Disney, that was them. The classic morning monorail logo and all its variants, that was love of the mouse too. And not only does Love of the Mouse have an incredible talent for graphic design, they're easy to work with and collaborate. They listen to your ideas and suggestions, then they bring them to life. So if you're looking to start your own blog, podcast, YouTube channel, Etsy shop, whatever creative outlet that you're thinking of, Love of the Mouse can help your brand to stand out in the crowd. Connect with Matt on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by searching Love of the Mouse Multimedia or at L-O-T-M Multimedia or visit loveofthemousepodcast.com or email loveofthemousepodcast at gmail.com to contact him about your design needs. We're talking logos, social media promos, advertisements, websites, and so much more. And if you're uh, looking for some more awesome Disney content, make sure and subscribe to his show, Love of the Mouse Podcast, on your favorite streaming applications. And tell him the Dawes sent you. I, I, I don't know if that'll get you anything. I just always wanted to say that. Mm-hmm.